Give a little time for the child within you. Don't be afraid to be young and free. Undo the locks and throw away the keys and take off your shoes and socks and run you. It's Jordan, Jesse Go. I'm Jesse Thorne, America's radio sweetheart. Jordan Morris, boy detective. Holy shit, Jordan. Have I got some breaking news for you. This is gonna, this is a fucking, this is a thrill ride that you'll never want to get off of this news. I'm going to put my arms up in anticipation because I can tell this is going to be a real roller coaster ride. Yeah, you don't have to be psychotic to be on an anti-psychotic, buddy. I didn't know that. Yeah. I'm not psychotic. I'm on one. Give, give me that lamictal. Num 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 num. This is this is a real roller coaster ride. I feel like I'm on Viper at Six Flags Magic Mountain. <laughs> Oh, that's what being on Lamictal feels like. No, it doesn't. Yeah. It just supports you. Supports you if you're uh, if you're suffering from anxiety or depression, which I was. That's that's nice. So it's working well for you. Yes, it is. It's it's great stuff. I can't take uh, an SSRI, which is like the normal thing that they give you for for depression, uh, antidepressants, because it it interacts with my migraine medication. Ooh. So they said, well, what if, what if we gave you an antipsychotic? I said. Hey, pump the brakes, buddy. I call my psychiatrist buddy, by the way. Just <laughs> oh, yeah. so you know. <laughs> That's nice that you guys are so casual. <laughs> well, my psychiatrist is uh, Buddy Cole from the Kids in the Hall, the Scott oh. Thompson character. He's <laughs> always character. called him the martini. Great character. Very funny. Yeah. Uh, Remember when that dinosaur hit on him? <laughs> <laughs> it really is a really funny character. It's very funny. Uh, Scott Thompson, very nice, very funny man. Um, look. If you're out there and you are psychotic, definitely go for an antipsychotic. That's going to help you out. If you're out there and you're not psychotic, I would just say consider it. You know, take a little taste. See how it works for you. That's my recommendation to you. That's nice. It can be nerve-wracking to try new self-care slash mental health things. Yes. And it helped a lot. As soon as I started taking it, I was like, this is helping. Okay. How long have you been taking said antipsychotic? Uh, months. Five, six months. Something like that. Four or five months. It's great. Lamictal. Recommended to everybody. I say, take this thing. It's a real kick in the pants. I mean, Jordan, you saw the movie The Joker, right? Mm. Now, have you been tempted to dance on some steps to <laughs> the classic song rock and roll part three i mean i've danced with the devil in the something moonlight pale moonlight right? pale moonlight i believe pale moonlight that's, there uh, you go jack nicholson's joker i believe that's his take on the clown prince of crime <laughs> can i tell you something about jack nicholson joker yes uh, I watched that movie. I've not seen The Joker, but I did watch Batman. The 1989 Michael Keaton. Yeah. Which, you know, I saw in 1989 along with the rest of America, but I don't think I had seen it since. Yeah. And um, I enjoyed it. It was a fun movie. Uh, and Jack Nicholson, it's weird that Jack Nicholson's in there because he's so, like, he's so far past his prime. Like, Jack Nicholson is... And it's not that he didn't do wonderful work afterwards. Like, he did wonderful old man work sure. later. And, like, as good as it gets or whatever. Yeah, sure. You, maybe you, you, uh, you're you talking about my mom's favorite movie about Schmidt. Exactly, about Schmidt. We both love the part when his wife dies and he can't find anything to eat. So he just eats one of those taco shells right out of the box. <laughs> I mean... About as Jack funny as anything... 
has ever been in a movie. Jack Nicholson did great movie starring post-movie star, but what's weird about his role in Batman yes. is that he's 10, 12 years, this is 10 or 12 years after 70s Jack Nicholson, when Jack Nicholson was at the peak of his powers. Right. But he's basically trying to do, like he's basically trying to do a 33-year-old's part in a 54-year-old's body. Mm-hmm. You know, like he's sort of like, he, he looks a little sick. Um, I mean, I know there are parts where he's wearing makeup, but uh, but he just looks a little like out of sorts. And he yeah. does a good job. Don't get me wrong. It's just weird. It's just a little weird. He's too old. He's too yeah. much more famous than Michael Keaton. <laughs> um, yeah. I mean, I do think that Jack Nicholson, you know, he had his... You know he's 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 the he's the rebel of seventy cinema. Sure. And then, you know that period, and then Batman, you know, maybe kicked off, you know, modern Jack. And for that whole time, he has just looked nauseous. Yes. He always thank looks you. like a little seasick. Like maybe he just stepped off a booze cruise. The other thing that I didn't remember about this movie at all um, yeah. is he has. Jack Nicholson has all these uh, guys, and there's all these uh, policemen. Talking about henchmen? Yeah, I'm talking about the henchmen and the policemen. Like, every single one of the peripheral characters, good or bad in the film, all dressed like leather daddies. Sure. It's just really, you can really hear the onset squeaking. As everyone walks around, just... Yeah, before each take, just there was, uh, you know, a, a, someone from the makeup department whose job it was to, like, apply baby powder to everyone. It's truly, it is like uh, those, uh, let's see, Dale of Norway is the guy who makes the sweaters. What's the guy who makes the drawings oh, of dudes uh, fucking each other? Tom of Finland? <laughs> Tom of Finland. Dale of Norway. I don't think the dudes in Tom of Finland, and again, I'm, I'm... Only a casual admirer of Tom of Finland, but I don't think the dudes are fucking each other. I think they're either about to fuck or have recently fucked. I think sometimes they're they're well, maybe right. they're not. There's not maybe there's not penetration, but there's. I think there's at least sometimes tumescence. Okay, you know yeah. what? You're probably right, Jesse. <laughs> okay. You're probably right. <laughs> you know, we're both right. I think if if we're both right. if what I if what I just asserted is correct then you're right that they're not fucking, and I'm right that they're basically fucking because they're tumescent. See, and they say the, that the, the political parties can't find common ground. <laughs> Look what we did here. This should be a lesson to our lawmakers. Yes. Americans need relief. If Jesse and I can agree that you the men that? in you Tom of Finland are both fucking and not fucking at the same time, it's a... It's a cat in a box with a radioactive ion. Look, but it's it's biker Joe, dudes fucking. If Joe Manchin and uh, what's the what's Senator Collins from Maine could just become tumescent in each other's presence, right. yeah, just some tumescence that would be enough. Make America tumescent again? <laughs> yeah, Is that I don't know. something hard to say? Hard to say. Hard to say. Just in- or semi hard, semi hard to say. <laughs> Half job to say. <laughs> yeah, I mean it's all it's all engorgement, isn't it? Um mm, mm-hmm, <laughs> should, mm. should we introduce our mm, guest on yes. the program? I would love to. 
Our guest on the program, one of our favorite stand-up comics. Uh, she is also behind uh, the new Audible original, Dirtbag Anthropology, which is uh, a series about investigating dudes. Just checking out what dudes are all about. Um, turns out we're sort of a B-minus at best. Um, <laughs> she's got some... Not washing some, our sheets. <laughs> yeah. She's got some friends of this program on uh, on that show. W. Kamau Bell's on there among others. Uh, she's also, uh, you know, she's got a stand-up comedy album that's super funny, uh, and uh, she's just a super, she's just really funny. Uh, please welcome to the show, Kate Willett. Hi, Kate. Hi, thank you so much. And I wanted to tell you that I believe <laughs> that the adjective version is too messed. <laughs> oh. Thank you. Oh. Thank I think you. so, yeah. Kate, if you have any other conjugations you'd like to share through the course of the program, please do. Yeah, I, I've been. I, I took notes actually on your yeah. intro segments. Because otherwise, <laughs> I think our friend Helen Zaltzman's going to be firing off angry emails to us. Yes, and I think a big part of our um, audience is ESL students mm-hmm. who are listening to the program to learn English. So it's 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 great that they're learning, you know, proper <laughs> conjugation. Exactly. Biru kudasai. Can I have a beer, please? Yeah, like you can't, you know. I mean, and it has to be formal. Like you can't just uh, you can't just be like bona fide or something, right? No. right? You no. know, like you need the proper. We have to use language. the usted form. <laughs> yes, <laughs> the usted form of bona fide. No, so just yeah. bona fide. <laughs> we are all bono st- bona fide. <laughs> bono stromos. I don't know. <laughs> and that's if you're saying it to your boss now. Yeah. <laughs> if you're saying it to a small grandma. If you're saying it to Senator Susan Collins. Yes. Um, Kate Willett, how's, how's it going for you? What's going on? You know, I've been uh, I've been inside for most of this pandemic, like the rest of uh, rest of everybody. Uh, but you know, I I wrote this book, as you noted. Uh, I adopted two kittens. Hey. I actually was thinking when you were talking about the Joker. What I had a relationship with a comedian for much of the pandemic. And I watched that movie, Birds of Prey, the the Harley Quinn movie. Have you guys seen that one? Uh, I have, yes. I, I, I haven't seen it. It's about uh, the Joker's friends. Yeah. So <laughs> she, at the beginning of the movie, breaks up with the Joker, but all of his enemies are still after her, you know? So she's, like, mourning her relationship with the Joker and also she's you know running out of the way and this is me and my ex-boyfriend's reply guys like his reply guys are still after me yeah yeah so we're talking black mask we're talking Uh, we're talking the court of owls cartoon frog wearing boston patriots hat (laughs) exactly (laughs) yeah few pepes uh-huh oh yeah so yeah let's i not to i mean not to make you get too deep into this uh upsetting situation but what what is the nature of these reply guys is it is it is it pepe hats is it anime avatars what's the what sort of reply guy have you been dealing with can you characterize them um i would say it's like it's like basement guys from like the left and the right Oh, um, cool. Yeah, like <laughs> so again, uh, a theme of coming together. Yeah, bipartisan I think that basement boys. I, 
I think there's a definite, yeah, I definitely think that there's a homophobic element that they are harassing my ex-boyfriend because they believe that he is gay and are therefore harassing his ex-girlfriend too. I don't really know how it works. Yeah, it seems complicated. Um, There's people who are mad at him for being like both uh, gay and also woke, you know, and (laughs) just for like this entire relationship, there were these dudes in my mentions being like, you know, your boyfriend is gay and he's also woke. And I'm just like, slow down because these two things are incredible news to me. You know, like, (laughs) yeah, I'm getting a pen. (laughs) Yeah. The each of these pieces of information would change a lot for me in both negative and positive ways. <laughs> are, are, are there are there what are the big similarities and differences between a, a right basement boy and a left basement boy? So I you know I think we're familiar with with the right basement boy. You know very like anti cancel culture, probably pro Trump, right. uh, racist. Has opinions about Mr. Potato Head all of a sudden. Yeah. yeah. I'm sorry, Potato Head. Yeah, P- Potato Head X, I believe, um, is the term. <laughs> right. But uh, yeah, this, the left basement boy uh, may not be like as overtly political in many cases, but they're like super against cancel culture too. They're just not a Republican. They just like want to say offensive shit, but you know, generally are like, it could be cool if like there was free healthcare. And that's true. Like it would, in my opinion, be very cool if there was free healthcare, but it's just more like, you know, they're just not right wing, but they still have a lot of those beliefs. Sure. They're just Uh, super mad. Fans maybe of certain podcasts, you know, Hey, just no reason to shit all over. We got this with Mark and Al. (laughs) (laughs) Two great guys in a great podcast. I don't imagine they have unappealing fans. I was just picking someone random. Can I just say Susan Collins, gone Chapo? I'm just saying. I'm just saying. (laughs) Susan Collins, gone Chapo. Uh, Harley Quinn, go on Come Town. (laughs) As long as we're just saying stuff. We we said all the podcasts. We We did it. (laughs) We've now said all three podcasts. Yeah. I have had an amazing experience recently with Reply Guys. Um, Mm -hmm. As a as a you know uh, cishet dude, Reply Guys are not a big part of my lived experience. You know, relatively speaking. Can we? Can I just before we get on with this story, I. Vague reply guy is one of those things that I think I've kind of pretended to know what it means based on context clues. Uh, Kate and and Jesse, if you have any thoughts, can you define reply guy? Because I think my understanding of it is incomplete. Yeah, Kate, you're the expert here uh, as the host of a podcast of that name. Yeah, thank you for... Um for calling on my deep knowledge of this matter uh i'll i'll uh i'll I'll run my tedx talk uh, for you now um a reply guy uh is a guy in the replies um generally of a woman but like you know it it can also be the replies of of any any gender person but a brand perhaps yeah it could be you know it could be but it's usually i feel like with the i feel like the people replying to brands they're not in it for the same reason like the people who are replying to brands you know like if you look on a mcdonald's tweet or something and the people are just like this looks gross or whatever they're not in it to like 
hurt an individual person, you know? Sure. They're just like they're mouthing off, right? But they want to hurt reply- all three elves. Yes, exactly. <laughs> but reply guys are like people that get in the replies to like, you know, just have some sort of interaction. But it's usually an interaction where they kind of want the other person to feel bad in some way, usually. Okay. Um, There are reply guys for good. You know, there's reply guys that type positive things. Um, And I believe in some corners of the internet, those are known as simps. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> now is a simp i recently learned about soy boys is a simp also a soy boy no so a simp is i need to get a pen <laughs> so, is... i just i feel really humiliated by the fact that i know all the answers to these questions but <laughs> no, this is educational again esl students they need to yeah. know this yeah a, a simp is like a a guy that's usually like in the replies of a woman online, and he's like being very complimentary to her, um, you know, it, to express like a, a sexual attraction or even just to like suck up to her. But like it's you know, there's there's an understanding that like it's not like this is going to result in a date or something. Okay. Like the whole interaction is just him praising her online. Okay. Yeah, there is a certain like uh the reply guy situation I feel uh is about a kind of engagement that is the kind of engagement that uh a person who has a Twitter account but very few uh, very few, I guess what you might call original tweets. Like they'll have a Twitter account that's been open for five years and you click on their profile and they have like 12 tweets there. It'll just be like, you know, one tweet about uh, the series, the season finale of Grey's Anatomy or whatever. That's probably a bad example. And uh, and then you click on their mentions, and they're doing they're 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 at messaging people eight times a day. Sure. And that kind of at messaging is a sort of like needy, intent, unnecessarily intense at messaging that is usually either it's harassment of some kind, like it's it's like emotional harassment, sexual harassment, like it's bruise poking. Uh, on the person who's doing it and trying to make the other person feel bad or uh, uh, be horny, but they're doing it by being harassing. Does that seem, does that, does that ring true to you, Kate? Am I describing this? Yeah, I think so. I think that was a really good description. I was like thinking through every aspect of it, but yeah, you're right. Definitely. Like you look on those accounts and there's like, you know, there, there's no followers in a lot of cases, or if any, there's, you know, 30 maybe, you know, and it's like just all replies and they usually have, I feel like another thing is a lot of time it's not like replies to like tons of people. They have like three or four, maybe even one person that they're really super fixated on. Yeah. I, uh, in my, in my experience, when I do come across one of those accounts with like just a lot of replies, but that one original tweet, that one original tweet, I would say in my experience, nine times out of 10 about a hockey game, like some (laughs) feeling about a hockey game. that just happens. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I think I would broaden that I would broaden that category and this speaks to what I'm about to uh, address from my own life, but I would broaden that category to all 
what I would call white sports. Like, uh, not just hockey, um, but also like the Boston Red Sox. Um, that's the main example. Basically, hockey and the Boston sure. Red Sox. <laughs> um, the experience that I had was I had a sports tweet go viral the other day, or a series oh. of sports tweets, which had That's never happened fun. to me before. Like, usually, if I tweet about sports, which I do once in a while, it's met with what can only be described as indifference or perhaps antipathy. You know, like, there are one or two sports fans that follow me. Uh, they might they might see it and reply. Uh, you know, maybe Greg Proops will reply to it. Uh, but besides that, it just is sort of me shouting into the void because I'm watching the Giants game. And I happened to be listening to the Giants game the other day, and it was spring training. And as you guys probably know, uh, if at the end of a game uh, the home team is leading, uh, they will not bat in the bottom of the ninth inning because they have already won the game. There's no reason for them to bat uh, in the bottom of the ninth inning uh, because they're ahead they could only become more ahead so it's useless but in this game the uh the giants were winning the game against uh cleveland and uh the giants and cleveland decided to play the bottom of the ninth inning even though the giants were ahead and the reason for this basically was it's spring training and there was like some pitchers for cleveland who had come to the game and wanted to get some work in so they all kind of agreed together well we'll just play an extra half inning uh, just so these pitchers can can throw. And the umpires were not having it. The umpires just left and went home uh, because they were like, yeah, I've done my work here. The game is over. I don't, I, I'm uncomfortable. I have to wear this polyester business suit, um, uh, you know, instead of uh, shorts, which is what I'd like to be wearing. So they just went home. And I tweeted about this. You know, the Giants announcers were saying different funny stuff. Uh, the, the Indians brought in a, a second pitcher and, uh, the Giants announcing crew just decided that they were done, uh, that they weren't going to wait for this, the second pitcher to come in. So they just started reading the credits. Um, you know, it was, it was a fun, it was a fun baseball thing. You know, when do you get to hear, uh, the scoreboard opera? There was a lot of disagreement uh, or confusion for the announcers about, who was calling balls and strikes, whether it was the catcher, the batter, or the scoreboard operator. So it was, you know, it was just fun and cute. And uh, it got retweeted by a lot of uh, big baseball accounts because it was a fun little story about baseball. And mostly people replied to it by saying like, see, this is why I love baseball. Or like, that's the magic of spring. Or like, yeah, we do this sometimes in my softball league when we all just want to play ball, you know? Uh, that kind of thing. And um, I also got replies from a lot of guys who almost exclusively uh, w- had avatars either of, of Pepe wearing a Red Sox hat um, or uh, just a white guy in sports sunglasses wearing a backwards baseball hat in his avatar. These people were uh, angry at the umpires for wanting to go home. Uh, these were like anti-union people who felt that this was what was wrong with America. <laughs> right, oh, no. sure. This umpires is... who didn't want to call the bottom of the mm. ninth because they wanted to go have dinner with their family. 
They wanted to get home to quarantine again, like Libs yeah. love. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They just hate the crack of the bat. They hate the smell yeah. of the grass. Yeah. I know. Yeah. You- I was like, there's apparently the internet is full of people who are mad about umpires. <laughs> that is so weird. Yeah. You know, I think, you know, with, with, with online posting, you want something to be popular. You want it to do well. I think, uh, you know, and I have had very little experience with something, you know, moving outside of my sphere. Um, I mean, you had that Toyotathon tweet. Yeah. The closest I've had was something about like, you know, oh, I can't say happy Honda days because I might offend someone who would celebrate Toyotathon. Um, and that was, and I was, I was afraid when I saw that starting to get numbers. When Bragg coming in, Chrissy Teigen retweeted it. I'm like, uh-oh. Uh, because from what I understand, the viral tweet can be a millstone around your neck. It is, you know, fun for a thousand. And then once you start getting past that, right, then you get the Pepe's, then you get the backwards hat set um then all of a sudden john legend is that messaging right you. yeah um i don't need that oh <laughs> too pretty yeah but that one despite it being about you know cancel culture shit people were positive and i feel like republican people retweeted it because they thought i was on their side they thought I was <laughs> legitimately lashing out at the idea that you can't say Merry Christmas anymore. Anyway, so I, I thankfully, for whatever reason, my one brush with virality yeah, didn't result in me being like doxxed or anything, which was really, really nice. Um, but from what I understand, when you do have that big tweet, it is sometimes way more fucking trouble than it's worth. The other thing I was struck by as this happened, as, you know, John Heyman, a baseball writer with nearly a million followers on Twitter, retweeted my thing about this ball game I was listening to on the radio that I truly expected to get eight likes. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like, I just thought a few people are listening to the ball game right now, and they also were struck by this. Uh, But as this happened, something, something occurred to me that I often forget about Twitter particularly which is, you know, I signed up for Twitter as I, I bet both of you did 12 years ago or whatever. Yeah. Uh, because I wanted to see jokes that my friends wrote. It was wonderful. It was a machine that delivered me a, a thing, like a funny thing that Morgan Murphy thought of that didn't fit in her act. That is what I want. I just want to see a thing that Solomon Giorgio just thought of. You know what I mean? And... I forget often that there are people who use it for anything other than that. Like truly anything other than that is completely confusing to me emotionally, culturally as a use for Twitter. Like I remember the first time that I went to a public radio conference and they were, I went to a panel on social media and they were talking about people using Twitter for news. And I like truly wanted to raise my hand and said, I think you're thinking of the newspaper. Twitter is for <laughs> reading jokes that your friends thought of. I, I might push back a little on you, Jesse. I think you, you, you're a guy who uses Twitter for feelings and takes. Once in a while, a little bit. I mean, it's changed over time. Like, I feel weird and embarrassed about it. And that's not bad. I'm not, I'm not like, I'm not like calling you out. I think it's, I think it's good. It's healthy that you talk about feelings and takes on Twitter. I think it's good. I think it's, it helps people. I think you sharing your emotional experiences helps people. But 
I <laughs> I think saying that you're just a Twitter joke guy is uh, that's we're about no no eight, I don't think eight years away from that honestly. But that's what I I still in my heart want that sure. from Twitter. I think there's one. So um, you want to be the guy that does the feelings, and you want no one else to do it. Yeah, okay. more or less. <laughs> yeah, I mean, here's here's the the main thing that I will share uh, a take about. Um, you know, I'll make a stupid joke about something, but uh, the main thing I'll share a take about is once in a while, uh, you know, a, a heartless a heartless monster will tweet some shit about me about the fact that one of my kids is transgender. And I decided long ago that my strategy for that, um, because there was a period where a lot of them, a lot of people were doing that because this, uh, (laughs) this comedian went insane uh, and became a like, I want to say a parlor celebrity, but this was pre-parlor. Like he got kicked off of most of the social media platforms, but still had a loyal army of followers. But that was years ago now. Like it doesn't happen very often. And I was like, my strategy for this is if someone says some shit to me about my kid, uh, like I will not get in a fight with them because they're bananas. Like there's no, I'm not going to convince them on Twitter. If they're like, far enough gone that they're that they're harassing me major american celebrity jesse thorne um there's no like convincing them but i think like you know a lot of people have have you know gender non-conforming kids in their life or they're just kind of curious about what the deal is with that or whatever you know people just don't know a lot about it and so I will like retweet and explain what the actual thing is, right? Like I'll say like, well, actually, uh, kids don't get hormones. They get hormone blockers that forestall puberty so that they can decide what they want to do with their bodies uh, when they're a little older. Uh, and, you know, it's a, it's a lot better to decide that when you're 15 or 16 than when you're 10 or 11. Um, and, you know, I'll... I'll I'll do that. But that happens so infrequently now that the right-wing people bother me on Twitter. Mostly communists bother me on Twitter. Really? Mostly it's com- communists. Twitter communists bother you on Twitter? At me. Yeah, Twitter communists are super mad at me because I'm a capitalist. <laughs> That's why. Uh, I mean, oh. I don't I can't say I I don't know to what extent I'm a capitalist ideologically, but definitely practically. Kate, you have positive experiences with Twitter communists. Well, I was just thinking about it because, no, it just surprises me that communists would would bother Jesse because I feel like you're not, you know, there's there's like there's a there are like Twitter enemies of the left. Right. You know, like people who are like who go on there and are like, actually, Andrew Cuomo is good, you know? (laughs) Right. And and, um, Jesse's definitely not one of those people, you know? (laughs) Yeah. Noted noted Cuomo sexual. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Hey, guys, I do consider myself a Cuomo sexual, a Mario Cuomo sexual. Thank you very much. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, definitely his dad was a lot better. um, Yeah, very eloquent speaker. Yeah. uh, But, no, I don't know. I mean, I think with the... It's it's not like there's, you know, like we were mentioning, Reply Guys, it's, it's an apolitical distinction. Like there could be yeah. communist reply guys, there could be fascist reply guys. Um, it's a certain kind of uh, 
It's a certain kind of lonely meanness uh, that is a bummer. And I, I think you're absolutely right. Like maybe it, it, it probably filters a little more towards the edges of the left and right. Like I think if you if you got an extreme personality, you might be more attracted to extreme or more extreme ideologies. But like there's definitely this for whatever, you know, Joe Biden or whatever. Like no, it's, for it's, sure. By no means is it is it just, uh, uh, is it just people who, you know, voted for Lyndon LaRouche or whatever. <laughs> there's it there's for sure like um no there's extreme centrist reply guys. Um, <laughs> extreme centrism. <laughs> yeah, and, and that that on it, I'm I'm mentioning that cuz that's, that's There's a lot of great at, ideas out there. <laughs> yeah, no that's who yells at me a lot of the time. Um and I just there's something that I think is so funny about that like devoting your life to being a reply guy to be like i want things to stay more or less the same and maybe get <laughs> a little bit better slowly and i'm yelling at you about it you know <laughs> like to i'm an advocate to for balance <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah and it, it does seem like with both of these camps like there is the far left basement boy there is the far right basement boy and they are they are about a year from becoming the other one, like in either way, yeah. in either direction. They <laughs> they each contain the potential to become the other one. Yeah, you'll see whenever I see one of these, you know, like if you go on Reddit AMAs or something like that, and somebody says they like got converted from being like a racist monster or whatever, like nobody is ever like, I was... I was a racist monster, but now I'm more like a Romney Republican. Like I believe in <laughs> capitalism, but I'm also like have sincere sure. faith. And yeah. <laughs> people drawn to extremes. Yeah. <laughs> um, would you guys mind if I did a full fucking pivot and asked Kate to back up and talk about the cat she just adopted? Yeah, I think that's a good idea. Oh, sure. Yeah, you, you can actually see one. Yeah, right we're, there we're the zooming right now, and there has yeah. been some cat action during this discussion. Ooh, Ooh like, la la, the I, jumps and leaps happening in the background here. I, I feel bad because, like, there's just no way to, to, um, get them to completely not make noise i have them in here so you might hear a tiny little meow here and there but if i, I have them and they've out, been cute i've loved all of yeah. them <laughs> if i lock them out as i have previously tried to do in recording then they just yell the entire time Aww. and it messes up the audio way more <laughs> so i'm like messes up or makes better <laughs> but no they're they're like oh my gosh he's being so cute so what's happening is <laughs> he's laying on his back by the door and uh, the boy cat, his name's Albert. He's like a little bit fat. He's not like, you know, he's not enormous or anything, but he has a big, big belly. And he like passes out on his back with like his paw over his eye. Like he's like a fainted <laughs> Southern belle. <laughs> yes. Bad <laughs> case like, of the vapors. <laughs> yeah. uh, and he's so funny. <laughs> and then he has a sister um, who is Pearl. Um, and it's funny because Albert is the personality of like a baby and a puppy and Pearl has the personality of a little queen. Like Albert leaps on top of me every day when I wake up 
sometimes tries to lick my face like he's a dog. I always push him off and stuff because he's a little sandpaper cat tongue and it's weird. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, but he's he's like a full on puppy. He like fetches. He plays fetch, which is really weird for a cat. And um, Pearl just thinks that she owns everything in the whole house. She's like so. I don't know. She's a little queen. I'm not laughing at something you're saying. I'm just laughing because the cat's doing funny stuff. They're doing stuff. some fun yeah, stuff behind no, you. They, they always do, like, they do weird stuff all day. They've been kind of a lifesaver in quarantine. Like, I wasn't really a super hardcore, like, pet person. But, like, if you don't have anyone to, like, hang out with, they're so great, you know? Yeah. I have gone from, I have definitely gone from, normal pet weirdo to fucking turbo pet weirdo like <laughs> yeah totally yeah i am and you know you got the you got that six button genesis controller exactly <laughs> i know you i can put on the switch where you just have to hold down the button instead of push the button yeah. repeatedly for rapid fire mm-hmm. action i know yeah i have yeah i have like evolved i have uh i have dragon ball z powered up into like a full totally. like picking up the cat and doing a ballet yeah um, well it's do you like tell like when you talk to someone that you haven't talked to in a while and you're catching up are you at the level of pet weirdo where you're like talking about what the pets have been doing lately yes and there's like out, there's <laughs> outdoor cats too that i now know very intimately there's like strays that i'll feed and like i i update people about them i'm like well noodle came at noon yesterday and he usually comes at 10 a.m so i was worried about him and it's just like fuck I'm so God. This, uh, my transition into regular life is going to be fucking disastrous. <laughs> You're basically uh, a, a grizzly man, right? Yeah, now. I know. Werner Herzog is going to have to watch <laughs> video of me doing baby talk to my cat, and he'll refuse to show it because it's just too horrific. Um, yeah, I'm. Listen, I, I'm looking forward to a post-vaccine world, as we all are, but um, I I might not be able to cope. It might, this might be a this might be a old man who hangs himself as he as soon as he gets out of Shawshank situation. <laughs> Jordan was here. I'm just gonna carve it into a beam. Kate, I I have a question for you. So you broke up with your uh, gay boyfriend uh, during quarantine, but your your book, your Audible original, Dirtbag Anthropology is about the journey through dudes that you have gone on in the past, I guess, couple of years, something like that. I remember this in your comedy a few years ago. Um, so you had you had like a long-term relationship with a woman, then got out of that relationship and just like felt like dating dudes and had to come to terms with dudedom? Yeah. So I actually had a relationship with... I was married to a woman and that was actually a a little while ago now. I was really super young, you know, so that was, I don't know, let's say for entertainment industry reasons, six months ago. But But you could play five months ago. Yeah, uh, exactly. (laughs) Um, But the book is about, um, it's it's about like masculinity and how I feel like ideas of masculinity have like influenced my life and also my relationships with men, but not in a solely romantic context. Like there's a whole chapter about 
online. There's a chapter about my dad and I got to interview him. There's a chapter about evangelical Christianity. So it is like there is definitely <laughs> this has some romance. Yeah. No, there is there is some romantic stuff, but it's not like it, it's it's a book about all different kinds of relationships. There's one chapter about how much you hate those fucking umpires. Yes, exactly. There's a chapter just about baseball. Lazy union Uh, slobs. They think they're so fucking fancy with their polyester suits. Yeah. (laughs) They're special chest protectors. (laughs) What What did you ask your dad when you interviewed him? So I asked my dad, um, I asked my dad a lot of questions about the way that he was feeling about things when I was growing up, like the events that I remember being really hard for my family. Um, I, you know, obviously was a, a child. And so, you know, I had my own like reaction to, you know, my dad just like, I mean, you know, typical stuff like why is this guy so mad or like why do why do we have these rules you know but i got to ask my dad a lot of things about like what his like emotional life was at that time like what he was thinking and feeling and who he was relying on during hard times and if it like felt stressful to like you know have his work stuff going on while my family was dealing with various various medical things and just kind of trying to get like his you know his experience but also like kind of figure out what it was like for him to be a dad you know like to raise me and my brother um so it was cool it was actually like a really good conversation that I probably wouldn't have had if there wasn't like a reason for it but I'm really glad we did what what did he say when you're like this is for a book my dad was actually really down which surprised me because my dad is like incredibly shy He's an incredibly shy man. Um, And when I uh, pitched this book, we're talking about like all different people in my life that I could potentially interview. And my editor and I were like, you know, do you you think your dad would do it? Um, And I was like, yeah, maybe. But kind of like knowing in my head that he would say no and that like just by asking I would be doing my due diligence, but I put off asking him for months because I just, I thought my dad would be like nervous if I even asked, but he was actually super down. He was like incredibly open, just very honest about everything. And it's just like, I don't know. It was, it was was kind of confusing, honestly, because my dad is just like, he's so like, he's probably, you know, 65 now. And, um, just kind of, you know, from like a very like baby boomer, like dude eats dinner at the counter and then goes in the garage kind of like, you know, (laughs) sure. Yeah. Not, not full on like greatest generation shit where, you know, it's like, like he didn't fight a war or anything, you know, but there is definitely like, my dad is not a man who ever went to therapy for example, right? You know, like there's not really like a pattern of emotional openness at all. And so the fact that he was willing to be emotionally open and that also it was in a recorded interview for like (laughs) mass consumption, it really blows my mind. But I think he wanted to be supportive of the thing that I was doing. And I also think that he wanted to say this stuff to me and that maybe 
like having a reason to have a conversation about feelings might have been an easier way for my dad to do it than if I was just like, hey, can we please sit down and talk about right. feelings, you know? <laughs> yeah. it's, I, I, maybe my guess would be it's like, and I think we all probably struggle with this to a certain degree of like, you know, our our family members know that, you know, we work in like entertainment or media, but because our media world is so different from theirs, they think we're failing at all times, <laughs> which is only occasionally true. Um, but yeah. you know, like, uh, but I, but I think like a book is one of those things that like dad would understand like a book in a store, you know, like that. I think that has a kind of like a legitimacy that even though like more people might ingest it via podcast or something like that, the, the, the book makes it more serious to a dad. I mean, my mom thinks that I'm successful because she knows that I've met Pee Wee Herman. Oh, That's sure. so and like, funny. That is her standard for success in show business is, have you met Pee Wee Herman? <laughs> That's her exclusive understanding of show business post-1970 or so. Uh, she would also have accepted, I have been in the Parliament Funkadelic Mothership. Those are like <laughs> the two <laughs> standards for who, Kate, that you talk to about masculinity what dude that you talked to were you most surprised by their perspective uh let me think okay um i guess like the overall thing that was surprising to me is like for every guy that i talked to like every single guy had spent a lot of time thinking about the question of like what masculinity was and like what it was supposed to be and like whether or not he was living up to it and if it was like a harmful thing because I feel like I don't really hear men like publicly discussing this question a lot in the same way that you'll see like you know feminists online talking about it or whatever but I guess uh, the thing that surprised me in general was yeah just like how much thought everyone had given it Jordan I don't know if this is something you've thought about it I certainly have um, to me, I think masculinity is mostly about what the best type of fighting is, like fighting system, <laughs> like whether box, like right. a boxer could beat a karate guy mm -hmm. in a fight. Sure, right. You know what I mean? Right. Or just like, or like, what are the best weapons? Mm. Like, like in the, like in an octagon situation, like a katana, who emerge, like if, who would emerge victorious. Yeah, and at the end of the day, it's the guy with the net and the trident. Yeah, you know what I yeah. mean. Like that's that's your guy. Put your money on that guy because he can wrap you up with the net and then poke you with the trident. And he starts stabbing, then the stabbing begins. <laughs> yeah, you got it. And then there's trouble. Yeah. I mean, I don't know if this guy can take a lion, but maybe. Yeah. But don't count out the classic ninja. <laughs> sure. <laughs> that guy's going to sneak right the fuck up on you before he starts sure. stabbing. See, Kate, we can have mature conversations about masculinity. <laughs> you yeah, were saying I'm... that... Maybe. Yeah, you think this only happens in Bitch Magazine? No. <laughs> it also happens here. Yes. <laughs> the real issues. Yes, getting down to it. <laughs> 
Let's take a quick break. We'll be back in just a second on Jordan Jessica. It's Jordan Jesse Go. I'm Jesse Thorne, America's radio sweetheart. Jordan Morris, boy detective. Jordan Jesse Go is, of course, supported by the people who've gone to MaximumFun.org slash join. We call those the members of Maximum Fun, and we are always grateful we to them. We love them. Each and every single one we of them. We love them. We want to hug them if that's okay with them. Yeah. And okay with Dr. Fauci. <laughs> sure. <laughs> Those are the two things people we're going to check in with. First, we're going to check in with them. Then we're going to check in with Dr. Fauci. Text him. If everything's okay, we can get our hug on. It's cool. He's one of those guys that texts back fast. Th- that's nice. That's yeah. nice. You feel like you he hang. cares what you had to say. Yeah, that's yeah. good. I'm like, it's not like one of those four hours later situations. Yeah, it's like, hey, we know you saw it, man. You know. He goes, I was in a movie. We're like, you were not in, in a, a movie. movie. You have red receipt. You, were not you have in red a movie. receipt on, Fauci. You live in Washington, D.C., and you are Dr. Fauci. Thank you. You are not in a movie. Thank you. Okay? This week, it is also our friends at season six of Fortnite. It says, it says in the, here's the thing. This is the mistake that our friends at, at season six at Fortnite made. We're grateful for their support. We're going to talk about some of the great things that happened in season six of Fortnite. Uh, but one of the options is that we can feel free to ad lib based on our experiences with Fortnite or video games in general, which is just an invitation for me to talk about Seaman, the Dreamcast <laughs> game, where there was a fish with a face on it that you talked to through a microphone in the controller. Listen, it's basically impossible to get a copy of Seaman for the Dreamcast, but very easy to download Fortnite, a very, very fun video game that I have enjoyed myself. Uh, yeah. And season six is upon us. Uh, if you yes. play Fortnite or know anything about it, you know that the storyline evolves with every season, and it's better than ever. Whether you're playing yeah. Battle Royale daily or hopping in for special events in Party Royale, the island changes with every development that gets thrown at us. Now the island has grown wild. So must you yeah battle the wildlife and craft your weapons experience the zero crisis finale in game now and pick up the season six battle pass to run wild across primitive landscapes with laura croft teen titans raven oh my gosh i didn't know about that cool yeah and (laughs) agent jones hey jordan have you heard about season seven of Fortnite? no what's gonna happen young sheldon (gasps) oh my gosh you can play his playable (laughs) character young sheldon i can't wait to blow up young sheldon (laughs) oh it's gonna be fantastic go to fn.gg slash season six to see it all that's fn.gg slash season six i think this is going to be a a a lot of fun here at fn.gg slash season six our our good friends at season six of Fortnite. Probably the best season so far, I would argue. Yeah, I think so too. I didn't know they were putting in uh Lara Croft and Raven from the Teen Titans. That's cool. All the all the special characters they do in Fortnite are super sweet. Season one of Fortnite was really good because it still had Diane. <laughs> Jesse, you're thinking of Cheers. <laughs> oh, okay. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. Okay. There was go. a cheat code to unlock Carla though. <laughs> <laughs> I always play this. I always played as coach. Yeah, Carla was OP. Devs, please nerf, <laughs> nerf Carla. <laughs> nerf Carla. 
happened? Uh, Gigi, now I really want to play this, Jordan. <laughs> Let's write them a letter. They're, they're kind enough to sponsor our podcast. We can give them our free ideas. Yeah. <laughs> Dear Fortnite, I know you have access to basically the, the biggest properties in all of pop culture. It's time to get Cheers characters into Fortnite and, and make you know sure what? Carla is OP. If you can't, if you can't get Cheers, that's all right. Just get Taxi, okay? Yeah. Taxi's good enough. We all want to be Latka in Fortnite. We all want to be Judd Hirsch. At the end <laughs> of the day, Generation Z just wants to be Judd Hirsch. <laughs> We're also this week supported by the good folks at Libby, which is a, a free reading app that lets you borrow ebooks and audiobooks from your library on your phone, tablets, Kindle, or computers. All you need... Jordan is one of these library cards. Yeah, I listen. If you're listening to this show, I know you got a freaking library card. So why don't you just download Libby? Just download Libby. But hey, there's even a ca- you know, there's even a caveat here. This doesn't apply to anyone in our audience, but it does say that even if you don't have a library card currently, you can read samples of any book you see. So that's nice, but so, uh, that's not for anybody listening. Can I to say this something, show. Jordan? I I had presumed, and I talked about this in past shows, I had presumed that most of our listeners were librarians. I, of course, am the owner of Maximum Fun. I commissioned some audience data surveying. That's cool. Um, And I want to correct what I said, because I got it very wrong. Uh, I said that a lot of our listeners, most of our listeners were librarians. A small portion of our listeners are librarians. The rest are libraries. <laughs> They're buildings. Yeah. Institutions, well. <laughs> really. <laughs> Thank yeah. you for listening, buildings. More than just a building. That's true. It's a, you know, it's, a, it's what it means to the right. community. Right. It's a place, it's a place for people to gather and uh, pursue knowledge. We thank libraries and we thank Libby. It's a, Libby is a symbol. It's just like using your library. You just check, you check out the books, but you could do it on your Kindle. You could do it on your computer. You could do it on your tablets. Yeah, you simply borrow available books you want to read, and then they return themselves automatically after your loan expires. That's, that's going to save you money on late fees. Tablets, Jordan? Who are you, Moses? <laughs> All right. <laughs> okay, download Libby in the Apple App Store or the Google Play Store to start borrowing and sampling ebooks and audiobooks today. We're also supported this week by our friends at Magic Spoon, Dad Gummit Jordan. What, Jesse? I just ran out of Magic Spoon. I also just ran out of Magic Spoon, and I'm bummed. Uh, I'm cranky. Uh, I'm cranky because so, I don't have I, any Magic Spoon on hand. I, I was so happy eating that Magic Spoon. It was so good. I really got into eating the Magic Spoon. I already said peanut butter is my favorite, but then I was eating the Frosted. The, the only great. one I didn't eat was I didn't eat the cocoa one because I because I, I don't I try and avoid chocolate and I, I my wife was munching it, and I only ate some of the fruit the fruit one because my kids were so into it. But I was loving the peanut butter, and then when I finished the peanut butter, I went all the way through the Frosted. Yeah, Magic Spoon is so great. I have a uh, these days I just have an insane sweet tooth. It rules my life basically, and having some Magic Spoon on hand. Uh, has been so great uh, because it helps you cut down on carbs, sugars, 
unhealthy foods uh, because it has zero grams of sugar, 13 to 14 grams of protein, and only four net grams of carbs uh, and only 140 calories in each serving. So it is a great alternative uh, to snacking on something that uh, is way worse for you. What's nice about it is it's enough protein in there to make you feel satisfied. Right. And I find that it has, in addition to tasting great, I'm really impressed at how, like, exactly right for what I want out of a breakfast cereal the texture is. Like, it is the just the right amount of crunchy in my milk. I love it. Yeah, it's, Very good. it's great. Keto-friendly, gluten-free, grain-free, soy-free, low-carb, and GMO-free. Uh, they got a bunch of great flavors, the, the ones we mentioned, but now uh, they've got some limited edition flavors, cookies and cream, and maple waffle, or you build your own box. Uh, there's cocoa, fruity, frosted, peanut butter, and cinnamon, so just just build build your box with the flavors you like the most. Um, they uh, have all been very tasty in my experience. Go to magicspoon.com slash jjgo to grab the new limited edition cookies and cream, maple waffle, or a custom bundle of cereal to try it today. And Magic Spoon is so confident in their product, it's backed with a 100% happiness guarantee. So if you don't like it for any reason, they'll refund your money, no questions asked. Be sure to use our promo code JJGO at checkout to save $5 off your order at magicspoon.com slash JJGO. Use that code JJGO to save $5. Our thanks to Magic Spoon. We've also, Jordan, got something up on the Jumbotron here. Yeah, it's from Aunt Goody. Aunt Goody is an online shop started by Max Funster, Nancy Martira in 2020, who wanted to help parents and chosen family find awesome gifts for kids to keep them creatively engaged during this suck-ass year. That is the copy. That is not me editorializing. The the copy says it was a suck-ass year. Uh, Jordan, I think this is not going to be a controversial evaluation of the past year. (laughs) Uh, At Aunt Goody, we believe that every toy is for everyone. There's no gendered language, and fun-loving adults may want to scoop up a giant coloring poster for themselves. Visit AuntGoody.com, and Max Funsters get 20% off their first order when they enter promo code MAXFUN20 at checkout. Uh, shop now at antgoody.com to deliver fun. You know, Nancy really is a very long time Max Funster, like one of the oh, the true OGs. Yeah. And uh, she was kind enough to send a big box of stuff to my house uh, for my kids to play with. Uh, my daughter went straight to the shark necklace kit. Okay. Uh, which helps you make a shark necklace. Cool. Uh, she she went ahead and made a sh- shark necklace for her shark. <laughs> I'm sure the shark is uh, very happy for that. Yeah. We've also got a message up on uh, the Jumbotron for Chris Plowman from Amanda. It says, happy birthday to Chris, my best friend and a loving dog dad to beef and bagel. (laughs) Excellent dog names. Very good. Really premium dog names. Very good dog names. And thank you for taking all three of us on our government-mandated walks. It's been a long year, but I'm lucky to have spent it with you. It's beautiful. Really beautiful. Isn't that sweet? You know what, Jordan? This is such a beautiful, loving message that I called in a favor. (gasps) Hello, Chris! It's me, Dr. Fauci. Amanda wants you to know that that you're last on the list for a machine, except for podcasting. (laughs) 
Jordan, you'll never get one of my vachines. Oh man, I want it. This is a tricks. No, this is a tricks rabbit situation. Go to maximumfun.com. Avoid the fouch. <laughs> Go to maximumfun.org slash jumbotron. We'll be back in just a second on Jordan Jessica. It's Jordan, Jesse Go. I'm Jesse Thorne, America's radio sweetheart. Jordan Morris, boy detective. Kate, little skillet, will it? Nice. Fuck yeah. Yeah. Fuck yeah. <laughs> you know what? You know what, Jordan? I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna pull back the curtain for a second. We often forget to give people advance notice. Oh, I'm changing in here. They... Sorry, you said you were pulling back the curtain. Oh, sorry. Oh. Why are you changing my, oh, on stage my, in between acts of the show? My balls. Oh. My balls have been um, exposed. <laughs> um, I, I went, what surprises me to be to me about this situation, Jordan, besides the fact that you're changing on stage between acts of the show, mm-hmm. is that only your balls have been exposed. <laughs> Yes. So, what is protecting the rest of your, of your intimate anatomy? A garbage bag. Oh, <laughs> oh wow! A hole like the kind that you put in a waste paper basket, or or a or a kitchen oh, bag, kitchen or size. one of those big oh, contractor bags. Oh no! <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. Well, I mean, I we've gotten an explanation for that whole situation. I'm glad. Now it's, what I was gonna. Now it's clear. <laughs> What I was gonna say <laughs> is that right before we 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 often forget and like to tell people before they come on the show or at the beginning of the show, and so they we will usually remember to just mention right before they have to say a nickname that they have to say a nickname, and that's fine. But what I said to Kate Willett is, I said once Jordan says his name and his dumb nickname, you can say your name and your dumb nickname, and and don't worry what it is. Uh, you know, no one will judge you for it. People will just just think it's fine. But the honest truth is, Kate, people are going to judge you, and uh, <laughs> people are going to people are going to judge you as a champion because yeah. Little Skillet Willet is a championship level nickname. Uh, you're in the pantheon with uh, w- with <laughs> that time Eliza Skinner's sure. nickname was Clankety Car. <laughs> Clankety car, I love it. Yeah. Is, is there precedent for Little Skillet? That sounded like maybe that was something from your past. Uh, yeah. Sometimes people called me Skillet in elementary school. Ah. Well, yeah. But they called you Big Skillet, so this is like a new no, thing. just Skillet. Yeah. <laughs> but then I just I cooked with a little Skillet today, so I just was oh. thinking about it. Yeah. Sometimes <laughs> those little pans can be really useful. <laughs> yeah. What 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 were you making? One egg. Uh, no, I was making a few eggs. Yeah, just a few scrambled <laughs> oh, eggs. Sorry, yeah. Kate. Oh, your, your cats are really, yeah, really funny. There's a, real, there's a real cat battle going on behind Kate. <laughs> oh, my God. oh, man. Now oh, jeez. Oh, now they're grooming each other. Oh, they're, man. That's Albert and Pearl. And yeah, they're, oh. if you, you obviously can't see on Zoom, but they're like just they're wrestling on top of the dresser. They're fun. Uh, they're really fun. 
<laughs> one just <laughs> fell off. <laughs> no, okay. what happened? They what on happened was one pushed the other one off. The, uh, the, the like, it's like maybe a five foot tall dresser. So podcast just... audience, you are missing out. <laughs> yeah, I think that if if these two could team up, and they're brother and sister, you know, I think they probably fight, but then they they have their intimate moments too. Yeah, they're right. so snuggly together. Yeah, I think if I think if they could team up, they could take the net guy with the trident. Sure. And then then maybe snuggle him afterwards, do a little grooming. Social grooming. So beautiful. Kate, on our program, uh, we have a long history of beloved signature segments. Uh, We're full of creativity and always prepare for the show. Mm -hmm. Um, So we've asked people to call us uh, and let us know what segment they're calling in for uh, and then say their thing for that segment. Um, this is one call like that uh, that we have listened to and c- decided if it's good. And we just work really hard on the show. Um, Brian, go ahead and play whatever the call is. Hey, Jordan, Jesse, Sunny D, and guest. This is Luke calling from Boston uh, uh, to participate in your long running segment, Disgraced Weathermen. Uh, so today, my disgraced weatherman is actually a guy that works at the car dealership where I also work. And uh, I found out that back in 2001, he got arrested after uh, trying to sell fake Jimmy Buffett concerts, the Jimmy Buffett concert tickets. And uh, he tried to sell them to two undercover cops. And when the cops arrested him, he also had pot and oxy. And now he sells luxury vehicles. Uh, love the show. Yeah, that's really great. That's really terrific. I'm going to call dibs on writing that AMC series, so nobody nobody <laughs> else can call it. Man. I love it. Yeah. I, do you think the cops were legitimately thought they were buying Jimmy Buffett tickets? <laughs> and they so got you, there. I'm like, so I'm going to arrest what? that asshole. The scenario you're imagining, Jordan, right. is that rather than these cops running some kind of sting operation, right. this is like one of those things where a fight breaks out in a bar, and then one, and then somebody in the bar says, "Hey, I'm a cop." Right. Uh, this is some some cops. We're hanging out together. Yeah. First of all, just socially, mm-hmm. just being buds. I mean, cops can be buds too. A a cab. All cops are buds. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yes, thirteen twelve. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> uh, so these these cops are uh, these cops are buddies. They decide to and they're parrot heads. They decide to buy tickets to Jimmy Buffett's concert, like all parrot, good parrot heads would do. You know, they're going to go have a hamburger and cheeseburger in paradise. Right. So they call the local weatherman, uh, <laughs> Stormy Mountains. Sure. And they say to him, do other cities have weathermen with weather-themed imaginary names, or is that just Los Angeles? I've never heard of it before. Yeah, we have two, and I don't know if they're still employed. And uh, it's uh, it's been sticking in Jesse's craw for years. So we have a, we at one point had a Johnny Mountain and a Dallas Reigns. And I don't think either of, I, I, I think Dallas Reigns is still out there. I think I've seen Dallas Reigns recently. Yeah, Johnny Mountain, unfortunately, was uh, caught trying to sell some Jimmy Buffett tickets to some undercover cops. <laughs> right, yeah, he had Oxy. 
Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. If it, I would love to know if people want to want to get at us on the social media. If you had a local weatherman with a crazy nom nom de cloud. Yeah, I'm also always interested to hear what the best names in minor league baseball are. Uh, but it's always Sicknarf Loopstock, by the way. Um, his father was named Francis. Um, so, uh, so they sold the tickets to, they bought the tickets from the weatherman, discovered them to be fake, then went to arrest him and he had some Oxycontin on him. I like this a lot. This is a lot of fun. It does seem like auto sales is like one of the places you can go when you've been disgraced too. Like car Mm -hmm. dealership. I feel like everyone... When I go to a car dealership, I'm like, it would make sense for you to have been disgraced out of another profession. <laughs> right. These are like these are like pastors who fucked other pastors. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Like they were boning together yeah. at a Jimmy Buffett concert or whatever. Sure. Can you be okay, I'll tell you what I was gonna ask, but I know the answer to my question. I was gonna say, can you be disgraced as a comedian because it seems like it, by being a comedian you are it could already happen. somewhat disgraced but then i thought about it and i realized yeah um if you have what if you do sex with kids or and you know anything like yeah, that you gotta you're get, disgraced you, yeah it's got to be like nine or ten out of ten yeah basically. yeah but i have to say i feel like in 2001 this whole thing makes a lot of sense In 2020, even with, and you guys know how I feel about the rise of cancel culture. Sure, yeah. Uh, Potato X and everything. Right. Um, uh, But I think in 2020, if my local, well, first of all, I'm impressed at any local weatherman who still has a job. The fact that the news is still on television at five o'clock is amazing (laughs) to me. But uh, if you're a local weatherman. Hey, shout out to CBS 2's Danielle Gersh. Absolutely. <laughs> uh, doing great work out there, uh, figuring out if, uh, uh, you know, the people at the car wash steal something from your car when, when you're uh, using the car wash. The investigators don't um, also do the weather, Jesse. It's a whole different team. Ugh, you don't know no, anything this about is local 20, news. <laughs> this is 2020. Revenues they all are have tight. to do they, everything. Yeah. Uh, so, well, maybe they're investigating the weather, seeing what the fuck it's up to. Sure, yeah, is it, is it, is it charging, is it overcharging you for weather stripping? If a local weather person was selling counterfeit tickets, and then they found out, found out they had a few trees on them, and uh, a couple oxys, I mean, people might be concerned about opioid addiction, but besides that, I think they would just think it was a cool weatherman. It would probably have to be a different act that they were selling tickets to. Yeah. Yo-Yo Ma or something. <laughs> something edgy. <laughs> Winton Marsalis. Okay. Uh, thanks for that call. When something momentous happens to you, 206-984-4-FUN. Like maybe you get a sweet pair of tickets to see the great Jimmy Buffett. Uh, 206-984-4-FUN. Or send us a voice memo at jjgoatmaximumfun.org. Here is one such person. Okay. I have to whisper this. Because I'm at work, I, I I work at the post office, and someone just texted over the PA back here. I need help. Baby chickens have escaped. There was a crate of baby chickens, and they're running around the post office, and everyone's trying to grab them. Bye. <laughs> the 
there's baby chickens running around the post office, wow. guys. Oh, man. Yeah. I have so many questions. Who was trying to mail the baby chickens? <laughs> they bought them. They're, they're, it's one of these uh, one of these pirate radio stations based in Mexico with the, with the 100,000 watt broadcast tower selling baby chicks over the radio. This is a thing, guys. Is man. it really? I'm just going to go ahead and call dibs on writing this AMC show. <laughs> When you say AMC show, you mean Impractical Jokers segment? <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, sure. I mean, I think I could. I'd like to. I'd like to see the boys' take on this. <laughs> yeah, are they going to try and catch all them fucking chickens? Yeah, you know it. Also, did they pass the civil service exam so that they could get jobs at the post office? <laughs> well, those would be the pra- really... those would be the practical jokers, Jesse. <laughs> Somebody gets okay. a, n- a nice government job. <laughs> This is good insurance. Yeah. <laughs> We're not like those other guys. We have a fallback plan. <laughs> We're just four bros from Long Island who all have fallback plans. <laughs> oh. I'm going to work love- with my dad. <laughs> I love the post office, man. I used to go to this post office uh, by my house. When I when I lived in San Francisco in the Western Edition, there was this... Uh, I-, I used to have to go to Civic Center uh to go to the post office and the civic center post office in, in san francisco was just it was just a fucking panoply of humanity just people mailing basketballs that just had stamps attached right to the basketball it was just wonderful just a a pleasure and a joy like i always like talking to a post office employee i just I'll, i like to talk to the mail carrier i like to talk to the clerk uh they're always really lovely but that one was was really great because no matter when I went in there, there was uh, one person there, like, you know, wearing a T-shirt. So the neck of the T-shirt was around their head like a hat. So it looked like long, beautiful, flowing hair. And okay. they were mailing a, a, a fireplace poker wrapped in uh, electrical tape. <laughs> you know what I mean? And they're like, and they're like, Should, and they're like uh, well, how much extra would it cost for priority? <laughs> Yeah, I think you know? in, in this day and age, if you're at the post office, there's a story behind it, you know? <laughs> Something you don't, happened. If you don't have that Indicia account. Right. You don't have stamps.com. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Kate, great segue, because <laughs> do you need a new mattress? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> do you guys, did you guys have, like, a relative or a person in your life that had access, and I'm talking about in the 1980s and 1990s, that had access to a franking machine who could frank for you. What's like you franking? give them some mail. It was like, you know, like like uh like the equivalent of stamps.com before there was oh, internet. Like, a- like if you worked at a big business, you had a machine that printed postage onto envelope directly onto envelope. Oh yeah, my mom my mom's office had one of those. Yeah, I oh, remember. God. Yeah, I remember Did you backdate so many college applications? Uh I think by the time I was going to college, I didn't have one anymore. Yeah. <sighs> that was like when I was tiny, tiny. I'd love to have a franking machine. My dad's office had a computer with battle chess. So that was Oh, big. shit. That That's what's up. Deal. Yeah, it was like a, That's what's up. It's like a computer chess game, but when you, you know, would take the other player, there would be like a fight animation. Really great. Yeah, I think the probably the only thing better than that would it would have been if they had base wars. Oh, sure. Yeah. A lot of, lot of Baseball, great, lot of great games from that era. God, yeah. We should Let's take some time to remember 20. our favorites. <laughs> uh, well, remember, 
do you remember when the Yeti would pick his teeth after he ate you in uh, Ski Free? <laughs> oh, sure. It was like, it was a real fuck you to the user. You know what I mean? I do. He already got eight. Now he's picking his teeth with a tree branch? Come on. That's really a break. Video games never got better than that. They never got better than that. Nothing. What could be better than sometimes you hit a bump? You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Other times there's a bush there. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, 206-984-4FUN. JJGO at MaximumFun.org. We'll be back in just a second on Jordan Jesse Go. La, la, la. It's Jordan, Jesse Go. I'm Jesse Thorne, America's radio sweetheart. Jordan Morris, boy detective. Now, Jordan Morris, my friend Jordan. Yep. You have a book about to hit store shelves. That's true. It can be pre-ordered right now. July 13th, it's Bubble, the graphic novel, a sci-fi comedy, uh, co-written with the great Sarah Morgan, who is a frequent guest on this show, and Tony Cliff, the famous comic book artist, who is great. Colors by Natalie Reese, a great comics artist in her own right. Um, we're very excited, and uh, a lot of folks have been pre-ordering it at their local indie bookstores and comic book stores. And as uh, as I have pledged, I am shouting them all out on this show to throw a little shine onto these great institutions. Um, and I know this segment is going great. People love it. People can't wait for the latest installment of... Here are some local indie bookstores where people can pre-order Bubble. Um, but this week something happened um, that I thought was interesting. So I'm like, let's let's kick this segment up a notch. Emerald style. You know what I'm uh-huh. talking about, my friend. Pow! So let me read. I'm going to read the uh, the local indie bookstores where I've, I've received one person telling me they've ordered from it. And then I'll get to our, I'll get to our, our kicked up portion. Here we go. Torpedo Comics in Orange, California. My sister lives there. Sarge's oh, co- a Torpedo Comics. <laughs> she does. She Is lives. This in the- like that guy who lived at Three Rivers Stadium. Uh, she yeah. She no, lives- was the vet in Philadelphia. Excuse me. She lives. She lives in the back room. Do not tell the building inspector. It is not zoned <laughs> for an apartment, but she lives there. Yeah. Uh, she just lives in the city of Orange. Uh, Sarge's Comics in New London, Connecticut. Murder by the Book in Houston, Texas. Changing Hands in Tempe, Arizona. Uh, the Book Loft in Columbus, Ohio. Uh, Terrace Books in Brooklyn. Uh, Downbud Books in Cincinnati, Ohio. Pegasus Jordan, Books. I'm sorry to interrupt you. It's no, just no. that I said, I, I alluded to this story about a guy who lived at Veterans Stadium in Philadelphia. It was right. an amazing story. People should should Google it and read it. And initially, I said Three Rivers Stadium, which is, of course, in Pittsburgh. And then I compounded my error by suggesting that no one lived at Three Rivers Stadium Mm. in Pittsburgh. I want to clarify that utility man Lloyd McClendon did, for a time, live at Three Rivers Stadium in Pittsburgh. Thank you for setting the record straight. With his life partner, catcher... Don Sluggo Slot. <laughs> Thank you for setting the record straight. Thank you. Go ahead, Jordan. Uh, we got Gramercy Books uh, in Bexley, Ohio. Uh, Dragon's Lair in Austin. Uh, sounds like a cool shop. Bad video game. R.J. Julia's Books in Madison, Connecticut. Mojo Books and Records in Tampa, Florida. I R.J. This. Julia's Books, by the way, is the only independent bookstore owned by Raul Julia. <laughs> R.I.P. <laughs> M. Bison himself. <laughs> Angelica Houston has like six. Yeah. But, yeah. 
Uh, Mojo Books and Records in Tampa, Florida. That's owned by Austin Powers. <laughs> yeah, baby. Uh, Astoria Bookshop in uh, NYC. Uh, Fountain Bookstore in Richmond, Virginia. Uh, mm. Schuler Books in Grand Rapids, Michigan. Maybe that's Schuyler Books. I'm sorry if I'm mispronouncing it. It's S-C-H-U. No, that's owned by former Redskins quarterback Keith Schuler. Uh, oh, Jesse, this is a special one. Bookshop Santa Cruz. Oh, uh, that's where that's where uh, we met. We saw a, a reading. <laughs> that's where we saw a reading of, from Sarah Vowell. Yeah, uh, so fun. Bookshop Santa Cruz, a great a great local institution. Uh, warmed yeah. my heart to learn that somebody had had pre ordered there. Uh, all of these warmed my heart in their own way, but that one was very yeah. special. Jordan, can I tell you something? I pre ordered Bubble from Pacific Cookie Company. <laughs> Just a, another great downtown <laughs> Santa Cruz institution. Exactly. I guess they have books now. Uh, Prologue Books in Columbus, Ohio. Uh, the uh, person who pre-ordered it wanted me to mention that her friend Dan owned it. So there oh, you go. Shout out to Dan, huh? That's Phoenix Suns guard forward combo Dan Marley. Yes, I'm, I imagine that's who it was. Uh, bookseller, C-E-L-L-A-R in Lincoln Square, Chicago. Uh, Moon owned by Pal- Peter Seller. Thank you. Moon no relation Pal- to Peter Sellers. <laughs> it's just a different guy. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Moon Palace Books in Minneapolis, Michigan. Uh, Owned by the moon. Thank you. The Book Tavern in Augusta, Georgia. Telegraph Art and Comics in Charlottesville, Virginia. Forbidden Planet, NYC. Fallen Leaf Books in Nashville, Indiana. Book Wardrobe in Ontario, Canada. Old Firehouse Books in Fort Collins. That's owned by a lion and a witch. (laughs) Old Firehouse Books in Fort Collins, Colorado. In an actual old firehouse. Pretty cool looking place. Oh, dang. Uh, Loyalty Books in Washington, D.C. Page Up. Another another order from Page Against the Machine in Long Beach. Uh, we're racking up the orders from Page Against the Machine, social justice bookstore, Page Against the Machine. Heck yeah. That's in Long Beach. Uh, another order from Astoria Bookshop. Keep that in mind. That will come into play later. Uh, Perfect Books in Ottawa, Canada. Bestsellers, Books and Coffee in Madison, Michigan. Is there a Madison, Michigan? I guess there is. Um, maybe mm-hmm. I just, yeah, is there? Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, it's owned by Ashley They write the uh, affair website. Uh, Epic Books in Ontario, Canada. It seems to be a pretty epic place. Green Apple Books on the Park in San Francisco. Uh, Oh, that's a great book. That's a legendary San Francisco bookstore. There you go. Jordan, that's a bookstore that you could bring all of your books to and they'll buy all of them. Hell yeah. It's one of those indiscriminate buying. They'll give you a bad price, but they'll buy anything. Great store, Green Apple. The the person tweeted that they got it there, and the bookstore tweeted back. So they're okay yeah. in my book. They got they bought it with credit from selling Green Apple seventy five other books. Uh, library drawn in quarterly in Montreal, Quebec, and Quimby's Ooh, in Chicago. La la. Now the wrinkle. So Jesse. Uh, there have been this week. We got multiple people ordering from like the same bookstore, mm-hmm. and it got me thinking. I want right. to include these places in what I call a turbo shout out because they're yeah. clearly popular. They're clearly carrying bubble. Plus, you're tired of having to press the button over and over when you could just hold it down. Exactly. Turbo mode. Turbo. Yeah. Here's here's what I'm gonna do, Jesse. Yeah. I'm cataloging all of these. I have these all in a little doc. I look at it sometimes when I feel sad. Right. And I am keeping track of where we're getting the most orders from. Mm-hmm. Uh, when this thing comes out, July 13th, whoever has the most orders... Pizza party. We, a pizza party. <laughs> Everybody's getting a personal pan pizza. I will, I, will, I will travel there on my own dime. 
when it is safe to travel, and I'll sign a bunch of books. Wow. Uh, so, the turbo shout-outs we have for this week, these places that are in the running. Uh, I mentioned Astoria Bookshop in New York City. Uh, this is ineligible for the contest because it would be bullshit if it won, but the secret headquarters here in L.A. Uh, <laughs> it does seem like bullshit if it won. That's the comic book store that uh, you buy me a gift certificate to sometimes for Christmas, and then I go there and they're like, hey, aren't you Jesse from Jordan Jesse Go? And I feel like a big shot. An awesome store. Uh, a lot of the comics that I read to this day were recommendations from the awesome staff at Secret Headquarters. I'll I'll seriously just buy any book, any comic book they tell me to buy. I'll just be like, which comic book should I buy? They'll Talk tell me to Julie. Julie knows yeah. her shit. Julie at Secret Headquarters knows what the good stuff is. Trust her uh yeah awesome shop uh i will i i'm i'll i'll, I'll try and go there and, and uh and sign some anyway uh they're ineligible eligible for the contest but the two front runners astoria bookshop and changing hands bookstore in phoenix arizona shit ton of orders from changing hands i don't Holy know cow that's the janet varney bump yeah maybe it is <laughs> that's oh yeah so uh so changing hands easily in the lead uh astoria close behind paging against the machine close behind i don't think it's bullshit if that wins that's where i'm going long beach is kind of far away i have to get on the 405 so that's <laughs> that's in the wow. contest wow jordan if it comes to it are you willing to go to san pedro no, <laughs> never. <laughs> <laughs> what about uh, Torrance? Is Torrance a bridge too far? I'll go to Torrance. I'll go to Rancho Cucamonga, but I will okay. not go to Ventura. I'm not Thank going you. to Ventura. <laughs> we'll be back in just a second on Jordan Jesse Go. La, 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 la. Hey, folks, it's me, James Arthur M., host of Minority Corner, your home through these bewild times for weekly doses of pop culture, history, news, nerdy stuff, and more through a BIPOC queer and allied lens. That's how you get Joel Schumacher putting nipples on Batman. Yeah. I didn't ask, like, and I say no. this as a game. I say this as a gay man, didn't ask for it. I don't need to see no. Batman's nipples on his suit. Who is this for? Who is this for? <laughs> I did a bunch of research. I wanted to just know about the history of black people in Argentina. So not only did they erase black people from their history, they also started to flip and use it as slurs. We're not done. Like, we're not done with the work that needs to yeah. be done. And so stay awake. So join me and some of your new BFFs every Friday here on Maximum Fun to stay informed, empowered, and have some fun. Minority Corner, because together, we're the majority. La, 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 la. Hey there, beautiful people. Did you hear that good, good news? Something about the baby Jesus? Mm, he's coming back. Or do you mean the fact that <laughs> Apple Podcasts has named Fanti one of the best shows of 2020? I mean, we already knew that we was hot stuff, but a little external validation never hurts, okay? Hosted by me, writer and journalist Jared Hill. And me, the ebony enchantress myself, <laughs> Travel Anderson. Fanti is your home for complex conversations about the gray areas in our lives, the people, places, and things. We're huge fans of, but got some anti-feelings toward. You name it, we fan-tie you. Nobody's off limits. Check us out every Thursday on MaximumFun.org or wherever you get your Slayworthy audio. It's Jordan, Jesse Go. I'm Jesse Thorne, America's radio sweetheart. Jordan Morris, boy detective. Kate Little Skillet Willet. What a joy to have you, uh, Kate Little Skillet Willet. Uh, Dirtbag Anthropology 
is Kate Willett's new audio book. It's available exclusively from the good people at Audible. Now, Kate, let's just say our listeners are Audible members, and it's likely they are because there's a big crossover between the audiobook audience and the podcast audience. So let's assume that they're Audible members. They're going to have to burn a credit to listen to this amazing book, right? I mean, they, they only get one credit a month. They will not. It's actually on Audible Plus, which means you don't have to <gasps> use the credit. Dear Lord. Yeah. <gasps> just listen to it. It is free <laughs> bonus content. Uh, and yeah, just you can listen wow. to it anytime. And then that is absolutely extraordinary. Yeah, and then you could rate it and bargain. review it if you want other people to know about it, if you what? feel like that doing it you know that sounds fun I, it's amazing i'm i have i'd love to i've rate had people actually giving me high reviews of the rating process you know uh, yeah. <laughs> after you review something they send you a separate email how was your review yeah, process they, on a scale of one yeah, to five they really enjoyed now, Kate, it here's a concern that i have about the rating and reviewing for uh your new audible original dirtbag anthropology i love rating and reviewing but I really only love putting five-star reviews. Is that going to be a problem or a concern? It's actually okay because luckily like 10% of the reviewers are like sexists who hate me from the internet that are making sure that those one-star <laughs> reviews are getting in there. Yeah. I remember them from earlier segments. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so they, which was the funny thing is you have to listen to like half the book before they let you do a review <laughs> you got him <laughs> so these re- these are like my reply guys that are like devoting like hours and hours of their life to be like one star you know <laughs> i wish my reply guys were that dedicated <laughs> i got some really dedicated ones it's it's yeah. they're like reverse simps <laughs> <laughs> Is a reverse simp a soy boy? Anyway, I'm still un- I'm still unclear on a lot a of this. A soy boy like is it's 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 a a, a non reply distinction. It's just you know a man who's in touch with his feminine side. You know our progressive yeah. viewpoints. Honestly, everyone here right now, to the people that refer to people as soy boys. You would all be soy boys. Oh yeah, uh, there's no I, doubt that I'm a soy boy. Yeah, uh, I'm a I'm a I'm a Chad. <laughs> he, uh, Stacy's listening. Yeah. <laughs> I'm a soy boy extra firm. If you know what I'm talking about. Too much. I don't. Too much. Yeah. I Too I'm bad. gonna be I'm gonna be frank with you guys. This whole time we've been talking about all this different stuff. Uh, ever since Kate said reverse simps, I've been trying to spell simps backwards in my head and see if it spells anything mm. <laughs> the entire time. And I have failed completely, which makes me, guys, a reverse Patrick Michaels. Yes, that's right. When I was in middle school, my friend Patrick Michaels could say any word backwards immediately. Wow. It was amazing. It was the Sounds greatest cool. thing in the history Sounds of the fucking a real, world. A real cool dude. Yeah. Now he works for ProPublica. Hey, that's nice. Yeah, Good for him. Nice Way to, to go, see. Patrick Michaels. Yeah. Do you think Usually around when... the, Do you think around the ProPublica office they're ever like I just finished a I just finished a really big investigation of the oil industry. Uh, I'm gonna go uh, have uh, as a little treat have Patrick Michaels say some things backwards for me. 
I should hope so. Yeah. That's great. Because usually when you hear someone talk about it, talk about like a friend of theirs from junior high really specifically, they're always like dead in some sort of boating accident. So I'm glad that your story ended with yours having yeah. a nice job. Yeah, he's got a good job at a great nonprofit news agency. Amazing. He's a disgraced weatherman. That's why. That's how he ended up there. Yeah. <laughs> a, lateral, a lateral move, at least. He, he mails chicks at the post office now, honestly. You know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Sure. <laughs> hey, there's did worse anything, jobs. <laughs> did anything else happen in the show that we should list? <laughs> just, just doing callbacks. There were my, my cats. cats. Yeah. Cats yeah. did something. Honestly, the cats heard about the little tiny birds, became too messed, and they're they're gone now. <laughs> they're gone. Sure. Yeah. Hey, and finally, Kate's cats go on come yeah, down. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Pearl, go on top of. Uh, <laughs> Pearl, Pearl, go little on top of. Little Pearl, go on top of. Yeah. I am again. This is one of those things. I am kind of unclear on what all this is, and I am really afraid it's going to bite me in the ass one day. The other the other day, somebody on Twitter called me petite bourgeois, and I was like, "Fuck!" Now I have to look up what this is. Petty bourgeois. It's like the merchant class. It's petty bourgeois. Oh, yeah. There you go. Yeah. yeah. Small well. business owners, basically. Well, it's appropriate, Kate, because your boy's petty as fuck. <laughs> okay. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> Okay, uh, Kate Willett's uh, new Audible original called Dirtbag Anthropology. Uh, you should get it from your Audible app. You don't even have to burn your credits. You can save your credits for uh, probably for the library book by Susan Orlean. You know, that's probably what I would use my credits for if I was using my credits. Uh, our producer on the program, Brian Sunny D. Fernandez. The guy, the guy looks handsome. He's wearing a denim shirt. This guy looks like a million dollars in this flat pocket denim shirt. He's got a new hat that's uh, got a letter B on it, too. That's for Brian. Uh, you can find us on Reddit, MaximumFun.Reddit.com. You can find us on Twitter at Jordan underscore Morris and at Jesse Thorne, where you can read all about those fucking umpires. Jesus Christ, these assholes going home in the middle of the ninth inning uh, while the pitchers get some work in. Um, uh, hashtag at JJ go on Twitter. If you've got corrections for us, don't worry. We care about quality. Uh, tweet at JD power, uh, reach out to JD power and associates. Let them know if we've gotten anything wrong. Um, let consumer reports know too. You know, I just got that consumer reports automobile, uh, issue in the mail, not looking to buy a car, read the whole fucking thing. Mazda is doing great things these days. Really? Yeah. I always see Nissans on the road. I'm like, those look nice. You know, I rented Maybe a my Nissan. My next car once. will be a Nissan. I rented a Nissan. And if you get a Nissan from that rental instead of a Chevy Malibu, count your lucky stars because that Nissan's got nice fit and finish. Sure. Uh, that's all. We'll talk to you next time on Jordan Jesse Go. Wait, our theme music, Love You by The Free Design, courtesy of The Free Design and Light in the Attic Records. They don't get paid for us to use it. I just promised that I would always uh, say their name. Uh, it's a great band and a great record label. We'll talk to you next time on Jordan Jesse Go. MaximumFun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Audience supported.